0: Turn to your neighbor and say, there is treasure in you. There is treasure in you. And that is so important that we understand that. Now, I'm sure that if you've been in any church for any length of time, you've been told that there's sin in you. There's bad attitudes in you and there's junk in you and there's the devil in you and there's demons on you, but I'm here to tell you that Jesus came to proclaim the good news and the good news is that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and that means that greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world, amen, and I, and I want you to realize that. And it's so important. Jump with me in your Bibles this morning to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 44. Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Notice what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Everyone say treasure again. Is like treasure hidden. Really important. It's not just treasure, but it's treasure hidden in a field which a man finds and he hides it. He finds it, then he hides it again. It's hidden, he finds it, then he hides it, and for sadness. Well, I'm glad somebody's reading their Bible out there. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells some. It says sells all that he has, and he buys the field. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you, first of all, for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that there is a treasure within earthen vessels, and Lord, we ask you right now to just reveal the kingdom of heaven. Open our eyes to the things that are unseen. Open our hearts, Lord, to reach out and grasp, believe, and walk in the power of that kingdom. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Years ago, my grandfather had 400 acres of undeveloped land, it was more of a forest, it was dense forest actually, but he he cleared about 20 acres out and he decided to plant uh, a fruit orchard, pears, peaches, apples, trees, apple trees, uh, cherries, big bing cherries, pears, things of that nature, he, he decided to uh, Clear this land out. And the land really in and of itself uh, wasn't worth anything other than just paying taxes on it. It's through the Columbia River Gorge. And so he had a gentleman come out and who had the right kind of equipment. And he was dragging these hooks I, I, I'm not saying it right. I don't know what it is, but it was some kind of a plow, and it was turning the soil over. And as he was plowing the field, he ran into an area of the field that had old glass, I mean, really old glass, I mean, turn of the century kind of stuff. And there were whiskey bottles, there were cans. There was uh just debris, old boxes thunder eggs how many of have ever heard of a thunder egg It's a round rock, it's really prevalent uh up where volcanic uh is stuff is but it's a it's a thunder egg with crystal inside of it and uh he you know he just he ran across this area and um And so my granddad, uh, you know, just said keep plowing up the field because what he wanted to do was he wanted to plant these three to four foot high uh, uh, trees, these fruit trees, because he wanted to uh, plant a fruit, fruit orchard in this 20 or so acres. Well, my grandmother happened to be, in the field one day, I think it was my grandmother, it could have been my grandfather too, it could have, one of, the, one of the two, was out digging through the pile of trash that was in the field. And lo and behold, my grandmother or my grandfather happens to pick up an Indian arrowhead. An actual Indian arrowhead that's about two... How many of you know what an arrowhead is? They're, They're carved out of stone. And the more they dug, the more arrowheads they begin to find. In fact, they found enough arrowheads where they cleaned it up, put it in a couple of picture frames. And in fact, my dad owns it to this day. But we didn't know that in the field were these treasures. Not only were there arrowheads, there were Indian beads. There were beads. There were necklaces. There were bracelets. Now, uh, they have some kind of value, but they decided to hold on to it. In the Scripture here, the Bible tells us, and the, the reason I bring that up, is that they would have never known that there was those kind of treasures had not the field been plowed up. How many of you have ever felt like you've been going through some plowing lately? God's been turning your soil. God's been turning some things upside down. And uh, all of a sudden you find yourself, wow, looks like just a bunch of trash is in my... Uh, uh, life uh in fact it's ironic my my granddad i i don't know who lived there before but there they found about 200 whiskey bottles and they 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 used to be much smaller and it would actually say whiskey on it and uh bottles they were very very small bottles they weren't bottles like they are today court size or uh, but but they were much smaller bottles and um, just just a lot of junk until they start finding these air Indian artifacts, these beads, these arrowheads, and all of a sudden the property becomes valuable. And uh, I mean, we're all down there now with shovels and picks, and we're looking. Oh, man, we are digging hard. Well, what Jesus is saying here is that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. Everyone say hidden. I want you to get this because what he's doing is he's talking about you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and it's hidden. In other words, it's not obvious It's not necessarily recognized to your natural sight and natural mind. It's hidden. And the thing about it is, it's in the field. In order for me to get the treasure, I've got to recognize that it's hidden, but I've got to buy the field. Everyone say buy the field. It's one thing to have the treasure. It's another thing to discover the treasure. But are you willing to buy the field? Are you willing to pay the price to find, the, to, to, to own it, to, to have it? Jesus is giving us some powerful insight here when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. Now, some of us, have been paying the price. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're paying the price. Sometimes paying the price might involve your marriage. Sometimes paying the price might be involved you walking through something that others don't even have any idea what you're walking through. It might be misunderstanding. Maybe paying the price is, you've been demoted or overlooked. You just bought the field. You just bought the field. But here's the thing about it. There's a treasure. It's hidden. It's inside. It's not obvious. Are you following what I'm saying here? What, what God is trying to say by His Holy Spirit today is, in, in, and I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me, is there's a treasure hidden. Now, how many of you would like to see the treasure unhidden? How many of you would like to? Now, the Bible says uh, some things about the God of this world. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes. The devil doesn't want you to discover the treasure. You know what he wants you to discover? The junk. A lot of people today give up because all they see is the junk. They're digging through. I, I don't know if you've, I, I've lived on a farm. And one thing about living on the farm, when you go digging in a field, especially my brother and I, we, we cut a parcel of ground about 40 feet wide by 50 feet long. And my granddad or my dad told me that we're, we're going to dig up this field and we're going to plant a garden. We found more trash. Old steel. We, saw, uh, we found a huge round circular saw blade that was used for milling, for uh, cutting lumber. Uh, tools, come-alongs, uh, just old steel pieces, uh, worth nothing. But when we saw those arrowheads and thunder eggs, man, we, we thought we, we thought we were wealthy. Uh, and one of the things that we had to do is that we, we began to it, it began to put a drive in us to go get up early and go out and start digging. Because once you find treasure, guess what? once that bug gets in you, you, you want to keep digging. I, 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 I wasn't an early person, but I got up real early. I found myself getting up at 4 or 5 in the morning, going out uh, with my shovel and pick, and, and my, uh, my mother said, Ray, come on in for breakfast. What are you doing out there in that field? "Ah, uh, nothing. Well, I was out digging for arrowheads. Arrowheads actually had a price on them, especially certain types of arrowheads. But, but here Jesus is saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. When, when a man finds it, he hides it. And for, notice what it produces. It produces joy. One of the ways that you know that you have found the treasure is there's joy in your life. Everyone say joy. Joy. If you are not walking in the joy of the Lord yet, you haven't found it yet. If you're not walking in the joy of the Lord, you haven't found it. Because the Bible says that the treasure produces joy. Not only does it produce joy, but it gets you to the point where you're you're ready and you're willing to sell all. You're willing, to, you're, you're willing to sell all? Now, what does that say about this treasure? What is it saying is that there's nothing in this earth, there's nothing on this planet that compares to what Jesus has to offer. There's nothing that compares to the joy. There's nothing that compares to what he wants to give to you that compares. And so he says for the joy he sells all that he has and he buys the field. Now, Another thing I think that's interesting about this is that I don't think he's going around telling everybody about it. Do you know a wise man will keep his mouth shut? A wise man will keep his mouth shut. He knows when to talk. He's not just going around blabbing everything he knows. Because people who recognize value protect what they own or what they find. They protect it. They're not frivolous about it. They're not careless about it. But here we find that Jesus is saying that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Now, if there's anything you get out of this message today, I want you to realize God has treasure in you. There's treasure inside of you, and you need to come to discover it. Now, let me tell you how God brings about treasure to the surface in your life. Some of you may not accept this. Sometimes God uses other people to show you what's in your life. Somebody, it may be your parents, it may be your pastor, it may be a brother or sister, and someone comes up to you and says, you know what, you, you got a real treasure in your life. No, no, no I don't. I, I don't have anything you're actually insulting the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit uses someone to say, you're a treasure, and you say, no, no, I don't have any, you're actually insulting the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord? And sometimes what may be a blessing to someone else may not be a blessing to you but it blesses them. And so I, I have to ask myself, Lord, am, am I insulting the spirit of grace right now by putting myself down? How many of you believe that we need to get over? We just need to get over ourselves. We need to stop putting ourselves down and stop listening to the Lord. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden. It's hidden. It's not obvious. You not necessarily can see it. Now, One of the reasons why it's hidden is because the devil, who is the accuser of the brethren, would like to magnify your faults. That's what he wants to do. How many of you know Jesus wants to magnify his glory in your life? The devil wants you to focus on how weak you are, how limited you are. He wants you to focus on what you don't have. And I'll tell you, one of the things I'll never forget, when my granddad and grandmother was out digging in the field, and they they took the plow several times across the field it took time. It took hard work. And it took a shovel. By the way, when, when, you, when you're really looking for treasure, it's work. Everyone say work. I mean, if you want to really discover the treasure inside of you, it's going to, it's going to take some work. If you think all of a sudden the diamond's just going to pop there in front of the altar call, I need to pray for you right now. Because it, it's not just going to pop right in front of you. Sometimes <clears throat> my granddad was talking about, he, had a, he found about a two and a quarter, two and a half inch arrowhead. And it was all wrapped up in a clump of clay. And I don't know how he saw it, but it was wrapped up, and he was feeling it. He knew something was hard in it, but it was wrapped completely enclosed in clay, kind of a clay-like material. And he he, he brought these water bottles, and he would wash the clay off the arrowheads. And as he would wash them off, all of a sudden, the brilliancy of the, uh, I, I don't know what the the kind of stone it was it 's a kind of stone it 's a soft stone that you can make arrowheads out of, but but he it, it would just glisten it was beautiful, it was gorgeous some of them actually had holes in them where they they wore them as a necklace, some of them were actual arrows for hunting, but they were beautiful, they were amazing, but he had to spend they would spend Days, hours, out there in the field, digging through the mud. They would come in sweating, and their fingers were filthy, all for an arrowhead. Now, any, any, any treasure hunters out here, Does anybody out here ever gone treasure hunting? Well, at least one of two of you have gone out treasure hunting. Uh, but, but, but it's hard work. But Jesus said here that in order for us to find the treasure, it's hidden, and you have to buy the field. And the field is going to cost you everything. Now, that's one of the things. I want you to jump over with me into 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Notice what Paul says about another treasure. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, a really powerful text. Verse 7, you know this text. We have this treasure in. Everyone say in. We have a treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power of, may be of God and not of us. Do you know why the treasure's hidden? It's hidden because we tend to look at our faults. We tend to look at our mistakes. We tend to look at everything on the outside. We tend to look at what other people look at. And so when Paul says we have a treasure in earthen vessels, I believe this was a revelation to Paul. Because who was Paul? He was a blasphemer, persecutor. He murdered people, had people put in prison. There was a lot of negative things against this man's life. But he chose to live from the inside out rather than from the outside in. Everyone say inside out. See, when I live from the inside out, I choose to live with what Jesus is doing on the inside rather than what I have done on the outside. You may be a liar. You may be full of lust. You may have issues in your life. You may be accused of things. Uh, Your family may reject you because of some things that you've done in your past. And the devil wants you to think, look what you did. Look what you've done. So guess what? that hides the treasure. It's hidden. Aren't you grateful that greater is he who is within us than he that's in the world? Greater. Everyone say greater. See, renewing my mind starts by focusing on what he has done on the inside, not what I have done on the outside. My behavior can be wrong. My thoughts can be wrong. The Apostle Paul says this. We have a treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. Then he says this. I love what Paul says. We're hard pressed on every side. He starts talking about buying the field. This is what buying the field is all about. How many of you have been hard pressed? This this is buying of the field right here. Yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed. This guy was depressed. But not despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of faith here. I'm dying, I'm persecuted, I'm crushed, I'm perplexed, I'm pushed down. I've been cast away. People don't like me. Don't all raise your hands at once, but how many have ever been there before? Well, I've been there. I could put a foot up too on top of that. Always caring. He didn't say sometimes, always caring about in the body of the dying of the Lord, that the life of Jesus, that's the treasure, may be manifest for we who live are always, always, everyone say always, always, didn't say sometimes, always delivered unto death. What in the world is he talking about? You know what that proves? There's treasure in you. That also proves one other thing. You're saved. If you're always delivered unto death, that means God sees gold inside of you. He sees something so precious inside of you. He's not throwing you away. He's not overlooking you. You're always, always I notice what he doesn't say. He says this. We who are liver always going to the pill bottle and taking our Xanax. We're always going to the doctor and, and he's telling us how bad we are and depressed and I need psychological help. No, he says we're always delivered to death For Jesus' sake. How could Jesus get any glory out of that? How does he get glory out of that? That the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. There's something about the outer man going through a crushing. The life of Jesus is coming alive on the inside. So death is working in us, but life in you. Buying the field. How many of you want the treasure? Not a whole lot of hands came up on that one. Praise God. Buying the field means this. I've got to get used to this word always. There's things that are always happening. But here's the beautiful thing about it. The more I die, the stronger he lives. The more I am being crushed, the greater the resurrection power is coming alive inside of me. are, Are we with me here? I know this is no armchair message. It's just... Wow! You know, but but I I want the treasure that's hidden to surface. I, I want to see the treasure come alive. I, I want to see that treasure. Then he says this, death is working in us, but life in you. In other words, here's what he's saying. I'm dying so you can live. What he is saying is that there's times that you are walking through a problem that is not fair. You're walking through a problem that is not fair. In fact, you might not even need the problem, but because it's not fair, People are watching you and they're watching your faith and your patience and they're watching you give glory to God. You're giving thanks and you're praising God in the midst of the storm and they're saying, what is it that makes you tick? I would have given up a long time ago on Christianity. I would have given up a long time ago on my family. But for some reason, death is working in you, but it's surpassing. Producing hope in me. You see. You see. It's not all about you. Sometimes you're going through something. When Paul says death is working in us. But life in you. What he is saying is. I'm going through something. So you would be able to interpret. What you're going through. Is not about God killing you, but raising you. He wants you to start looking at your problems as an opportunity, rather than something. Instead of going around rebuking the devil, I cast the devil out. i stop blaming the devil. Some of you go, it's the devil. It's the devil. It's a, it's a devil. It's a demon. Let me tell you, the devil's not that smart. He's pretty stupid. The only way he can gain any ground on people is when you're stupid. He's not omniscient. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. The only way the devil gains ground on any believer is when you give him ground. Through your unbelief. Through your confession of unbelief and your doubt. When you go around and it's the devil, I just know it's the devil. Stop in Jesus. Shut up in Jesus' name. Shut up. Learn learn to shut your mouth and say, I refuse to give the devil any more honor by saying it's the devil. Yeah, but, but the, doesn't the devil come to condemn and her harass and cause problems? Yeah, the devil does. But he has no power against a believer who stands on the word. That, that's why you stand on the word. We stand on the word. That's why Paul says that God has chosen the weak and the foolish things of the world to confound the wisdom of men. If, you see, Satan can't stand it. When a believer begins to worship God. Now, you may say, oh, Pastor Ray, have you always worshipped God? Have you always given thanks? And have you, you're sitting up here preaching like you've, you've walked that life of victory? No, I haven't. There's been times when my wife, wherever she's at, my wife knows that there's been times I've complained, and she says, Ray, why don't you start practicing what you preach? thank you for reminding me of what I need to do. Well, why why don't you start practicing what you preach and, you know, believe God. I mean, after all, you preach it. Thank you, Father. Now, now see, here's the deal. Faith does not require my emotions. I don't have to have a Texas Six Flags emotional roller coaster ride to worship God. Worshiping God does not coincide with my emotions. God says to worship Him in the face of adversity. So, okay. what I do? Th- this is how it is. Father, I worship You. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to worship you anyway, God. I'm going to bless your holy name, and I'm going to let God arise so his enemies will scatter. I'm not getting up there, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God, I'm going to suffer today. Hallelujah. You would say, you are a fake, and I am. That's a total fake. But when your emotions and you're in pain, God's not asking you in the pain to engage your emotions. He's simply asking you to give thanks. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He didn't ask my emotions to engage in something that is going contrary to my, my emotions. My emotions are in a lot of pain. But I can confess and profess the Word of God, the will of God. And so Paul here is going through this series. He's buying the field. He's seeing the treasure in this thing. And so he says, death is working in us, but life and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe. therefore I what? I speak. Everyone say I speak. Faith isn't faith until it comes out of your mouth. Faith isn't faith just because, well, God knows what I'm pecking. No, it needs to come out of your mouth. I need to get up in the morning and say, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going to go to church today. I don't want to go to church. Guess what? We're going to go anyway because out of my mouth, I'm going to let the Word of God. Why is it important for you to speak the Word? Because there's strongholds in your head. And when you speak the Word, you actually transform your mind. When your words come out of your mouth, when you agree with the Word, God's looking for someone on earth to bind and loose. He's looking for someone on earth to come into agreement. When you begin to confess the Word, it actually transforms your mind. So you have to begin to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray right now. I don't want to pray, but I'm going to pray anyway. I'm going to forgive right now. I don't want to forgive. In fact, I don't even like this person, but I'm going to forgive. Yeah. What are you doing? You're buying the field. Yeah. How many of you want to find the treasure? Yeah. So you can't have the treasure Because it's hidden, and it's hidden because you haven't... Now, you can find the treasure, but it doesn't belong to you until you buy the field. And buying the field means paying the price. Some of us have seen the treasure, but we don't want to buy the field. We have a lot of Christianity today that says, Hey, anybody want a treasure out there? Name it, claim it, leave it, blot it, grab it. But they're not willing to buy the field. Are you willing to buy the field? Buying the field means sticking it out in your marriage. Buying the field means, wow, I don't like this person. I don't like my boss. But I believe God wants me to be like Joseph in the House of Potiphar who's going to serve where he entrusted me with all of his wealth. And even though there's a woman after me he's going to accuse me of something I never even did, I'm buying the field because there's a treasure coming. Promotion's coming. Something's coming down the road. Are you following what I'm saying here? This is, we're, we're, we're buying the field, but it's hidden. It's not obvious. It's not seen. But you've got to pay the price. Notice what else he goes on here. says, we have the same spirit of faith, therefore we speak. We believe, therefore we speak. Knowing that he who raised Up the Lord Jesus will raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Everyone say resurrection. Resurrection. What is the treasure? It's God raising you up. God raising you up. I want you to write four things and then I'm done. Four things and I'm done. Here's how we buy the field. This is how we buy the field. Verse 15. For all things are for your sake that the grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Everyone say all things. The first thing, buying the field means that I come to embrace everything that's come my way. Is for God's glory. Even the bad things, Pastor Ray? Yes. Even the bad things, God still gets the glory. There's nothing that takes him by surprise. All things are for your sake. For his glory. The first thing is I need to come to embrace... The all things. How many of you believe that Jesus writes the last chapter in your life? He who has begun a good work will be faithful to what? Complete it. He's the devil doesn't have the final chapter on your life. God does. So I've got to get to that point where you mean I've got to be thankful for this job i got to be thankful for this pastor in this church. I've got to be thankful for that rotten husband of mine. I've got to be thankful for that dumb dog. i got to be thankful for this community I live in. I've got to be thankful for the president of the United... I've got to be... Oh, God, you've you got to be kidding. All things are for your sake. I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm just trying to get us to a point where our attitude and our heart is open to receive so we can discover things that are hidden. God wants to expose some things. He wants to open. This is about revelation. How many of you want more revelation? The treasure is hidden in a field. He's referring to a revelation that cannot be seen through the natural eyes. If you're bitter, you're unforgiving, you're hurt, you're bound by fear, it'll be hidden. You won't see it. So I've got to say, Lord, whatever it takes, open my eyes to see the treasure in this thing. Number two. Therefore, we do not quit. Everyone say quit. We don't lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. In other words, number two, don't quit. Don't give up. But while you're not giving up, realize this. Something has to perish at the same time something's being renewed. Can I just say something? I'm I'm going to I'm going to say this about myself. There's certain things that God wants Pastor Ray to die with. Ray has to die. When I first got married to my wife, I really felt I. Some of you are going to think this is crazy, but but I really thought I I knew what marriage was. Until I got married to my wife, then I thought, she doesn't get it. She, she, she married a mighty man of God until God began to show me, no, Ray, you're, you're a mighty man of God, but you're not all that mighty. And you need to grow up. No, not me. Not me, God. It's, it's not my problem. It's her problem. There were things that needed to die in me that I wasn't willing to look at. Now listen, God will bring people across your path to help you see what is hidden. You can run or you can stay put and let God deal with you and bring the treasure to the surface. It's, it's up to you. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like going around the mountain the second time. I want to learn the first time. There's some things that need to perish. Paul says this, all things are for your sake. I don't quit. Don't lose heart. Don't let your heart wander. Don't quit while the outward man is perishing, the inward man. The outward man can be some things where th- there's some things you were hoping for. I-, I was really hoping that I'd get that job or buy that house. I was really hoping that breakthrough would come. But it didn't. We need to start saying God's got something better. Instead of allowing your hope, God may let your hopes die because he's got a greater hope to give you. How many of you remember the story of Mary and Martha? When Mary and Martha came to Jesus and said, the the, the disciple in whom you love is dying. He's going to die. And if you would just come and lay your hands, he'd get healed. Remember what Jesus did? Delayed his coming four days and let him die. I I can't help but think that those two women couldn't have been a little bit angry at Jesus because they had faith to know that he could raise him up. But they did not know that he would raise him from the dead. Do you know when God delays and allows your expectations or your hopes to die, it's because he's got something greater in mind? But you've got to let your hopes die so He can raise something greater. That's not easy. That's buying the field. That's buying the field. Number three, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. I need, number three, I need to start looking at my problems differently. I you start looking at them like, this is light affliction. Everyone say light. Instead of saying, it's a major problem, man. It's just major. No, God calls it a light affliction. Start calling it. For what it is. Yeah, but I don't like it. Well, start calling it a light affliction. Start looking at it as an opportunity. Rather than killing your hope. Because it's working for you. A far greater. And the last thing is this. This is buying the fills. The last thing is, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul is telling, now he's not just talking about your natural eyes. He's talking about the way you understand things. Stop looking at things through your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all. Everyone say with all. All your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, in all his ways, acknowledge him. That simply means this. It just means this. Lord, I yield and surrender control to you. I can't control certain things in my life. And I'm not going to allow things on the outside to determine my peace on the inside. Thou will keep him in perfect Peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Amen? God wants to reveal the treasure. God wants to bring the hidden things, the revelation, to light. But here's the key it's hidden. I've got to find it. I've got to search for it. and Then I've got to buy the field. You've got to pay the price. Nothing comes free. If anybody comes and says, hey, it's all yours. Just name it, claim it, blam it, grab it. It's not true. We, we can believe God and we can thank the Lord for His gifts. The Bible says ask, seek, knock, it'll be open. I understand that. We can ask, seek, and knock. But there are certain things that involve responsibility, that involve responsibility that takes time. It took 40 days to get Moses out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of Moses, then it took another forty years to get Israel out of Egypt. God has a process, and when we try to push it and rush it and run, the treasure stays hidden. It stays hidden. Do you do you know that God wants how many how many parents do we have here? Grandparents, apparently. How many here love to give your kids Christmas presents? The rest of you are liars. You know you love to give your kids presents. You love to watch them open those gifts, right? Isn't that true? We have a heavenly father who loves to give us gifts. But you know the kind of gifts he wants to give us? He doesn't want to give us little tinker toys, He wants to give us the kind of gifts that rule and reign. He wants to give us gifts that involve authority, involve leadership. He wants to give us, he wants to bless us beyond our expectation. But he's going, he wants us to buy the field. Are you following me this morning? Let's bow our heads, shall we? Maybe this morning you may say, Pastor Ray, I'm going through a season in my life where I know I'm buying the field. God's been testing. God's wor- working in my life because I know He wants to entrust. Maybe this morning, there's just you've been holding on really tight, really tight. There's been some things... Been holding on tight to. And the Lord has just embraced and, 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 and pressed on me just, just to release and surrender things to Him. Surrender it all. He's not here playing hide and seek. He's not tricking you. He's not playing games with your mind. He's a good father. He wants to bless you more than you could ever ask or know that's you this morning I want you to raise your hand I want to pray with you this morning okay, I see your hand I see your hand I see your hand this morning others anyone else anyone else I see your hands about a half a dozen hands let's stand to our feet shall we I'm not going gonna, gonna to ask those who would love to have prayer because I, I feel we need to seal this. I believe God wants to do an amazing revelation opening our hearts and our eyes. If you'd like us to pray for you, I'm not going to call you out. I just want you to come. Our elders, leaders, and others will be praying with you. But we, we need to settle this. Father we know that you have good things good things in store for your people your Father who loves to give and bless even exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think just asking you Lord right now that you would just do a work in our life if you'd like to be prayed for I want you to come right now just come just come on down and after that we'll dismiss you but we want to just pray for anyone that would like to be prayed for okay just feel free to come on down i know what it's like myself to be in that place where you're holding on tight father we just thank you lord for these this man and woman of integrity thank you lord for awesome people I pray, Lord, right now that your, your grace is sufficient. Your mercy is sufficient. Lord, it's been hidden, but we just ask you, Lord, bring the revelation of your goodness and your will to our life. Help us to realize that we're, we're buying the field. What we're walking through even right now is we're paying the price you're entrusting us, Lord, with so much more than we could even ask or think. I thank you, Lord, for these champions. These are kings and priests. Young women, young men, just being completely open because all of us, all of us have been there. We just need your grace today sufficiently. Sufficiently. I want everyone to pray with me right now. I want the entire congregation to pray this prayer with me. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, I come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Before my high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, I surrender all. I surrender things I cannot change. ask you for grace give me wisdom show me the treasure show me what to do so i can trust you and lean on you you're my god you're my strength and you're my source i will trust in you Because you are my rock. I love you, Lord. And I know you're good. And you're good to your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you. Give someone a hug.